There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to episode 69 of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode 11 of season 2 of The Magicians. Wah! <laughs> Holy crap. They are screwing yeah. with us. Like, seriously screwing with us. But it's okay. Yeah, this one definitely was a big uh, time mind. Uh, <laughs> wow. Psychic and, sex. <laughs> and it was one of those things, too, where you didn't even realize how in, far into the episode you were. At least for me. Right. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, oh my god, it's only got 10 minutes. Yeah, so this one's great. But let's get those rating news before we jump in, shall we? All right, episode 11, a 0.24 in adults 18 to 29 and 0.650 million viewers, making it the 32nd overall cable show for that day. Episode 8, Word is Bond, the live plus 7. We tied for 13th in adults 18 to 49 total gain, going from 0.3 to 0.7 for an increase of 133%. We tied for 12th in adults 18 to 49 percentage gain with that 133%. We were 21st in viewers total gain, going from 0.709 to 1.609 million viewers for an increase of 0.899 million viewers. That was sixth in viewers' percentage gain with an increase of 127%. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Sci-Fi. The magicians are knocking the live plus seven-day numbers out of the park. It's time to renew. I mean, they've got to know that it was just up against a brand new show. Well, really, it's The Expanse, but people were watching. I think a lot of them missed like the episode before, so they would watch and then watch that other show. Which we're not discussing. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, it's been insane. And just to see how many people are tweeting, like, when we're doing the live tweets, it feels like right. there's a heck of a lot more people watching. Yes. But I really think sci-fi is just going to screw with us and do like they did with Winona Earp. Right. And just haunt us and make us wait, and then we'll finally get the the, the information. Right. I wonder when the cast is going to be at a con next, because that's what they did with <laughs> Winona Earp. At New York is when they said that they were going to get like an additional two episodes. So like they don't even know until like all of a sudden, you know, they're throwing it out there. So it's like, when are they going to have a, a, you know, a con appearance? And then we might know something. Right. It seems like they, they kind of always like to surprise not only the audience, but the cast themselves. <laughs> yes. Well, we did find out this week that I believe it's Killjoys and Winona Earp. Return on June 9th and Dark Matter returns on June 30th. Yes, so excited. There's so much stuff and sci fi is just never leaving us with a lull. No. So it's awesome. 
and hopefully we'll, uh, I will have my stuff together much sooner than I did this last season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was bad. We can try. Yeah. Okay, wait, you got some uh, little snippets here. Yes, I do. On the 4th, Blaster put out this article, the popular dystopian horror franchise looks to be moving right under our roof. After three successful and pretty darn good movies, The Purge is expanding from theaters to TV screens. A new show based on the politically tinged franchise, which takes place in a near-future America where a totalitarian government allows crime and criminals to run rampant for one night per year, is in development and will reportedly air on Sci-Fi and USA. Hmm. Interesting. And to say the least. According to Deadline, Blumhouse, the studio behind The Purge, and numerous other horror hits like Insidious, Sinister, Split, and Get Out is launching its own full-fledged TV production company, and The Purge is one of the first two announced projects. The other is Secure and Hold, The Last Days of Roger Ailes, a limited series for Showtime based on the fall of Fox News president Roger Ailes, which I suppose is a horror story in its own way. <laughs> well, I guess depending on what side of the story you're on, yeah. Yeah. The Purge is likely to be the first of many genre-themed series, both long-running and limited, that Blumhouse produces through the new TV division, which is an exciting news for John Ray fans in a time of abundant riches on the small screen already. Blumhouse head honcho Jason Blum said in a statement, over the past few years, we have been working to build Blumhouse Television into an independent studio so we can have the autonomy to work with the best storytellers and give them the freedom to create the best dark genre programming. We are excited that with the launch of this new studio, we are expanding our partnership with NBC Universal by growing the Purge franchise into a television series and are grateful for their incredible support of Blumhouse overall. The writer and director of all three Purge movies, James DeMonico, is involved in the development of the TV show, which is not taking the place of the fourth installment in the film series due out in the summer of 2018. Whether the TV series and the movies will feed off each other's storylines or even take place during the same time frame remains unknown for now. I would like them to explain how it started. Right. Because I know when we watched the first movie, we were expecting something. We at least got a little bit of a throwback in election year. I don't remember if I watched the second one now. But, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, we didn't get really anything on the second one in regards to, you know, history. That's what right. I want. I need a little bit of a history lesson, you know. Right, and I'm curious how they're going to air it on Sci-Fi and USA. Are they going to split the series in half and give half to Sci-Fi and half to USA? Are they going to alternate? episodes uh well, you know are we going to have a 24 series type thing where oh. sci-fi gets the first 12 hours and usa gets the last That's 12 funny. hours <laughs> well i mean they're this they are sister network so maybe right. it'll like play you know like original date say on sci-fi or usa and then replay on you know the opposite so so that way because unfortunately not all areas get sci-fi in their right you know, Cable, cable package, basic cable package, or right. even if you have one of the different outlets now, which is what um Hulu, Sling TV, Roku, you know, you can't always get it. You can usually right. get one and not the other. So I think this is just going to help the people who can't get one or the other in their you know area. Oh, okay. Kind of. That would be everything. an awesome deal. Yes, that would really be an awesome deal. Then that's honestly 
these people are smart. Sci-Fi, NBC, Universal, they know a lot of people are going away from traditional cable. Right. And so they're looking at all the ways to get their shows out. And this, I think, is going to be really interesting. Obviously, depends on how they do it. Because if it's going to be the same night over and over, you know, different people, eh, it might get a little boring. Right. But depending on how they do it, yeah, I really think they have something that can blow up pretty big. Very Walking Dead-ish, you know, you you kind of right. have the life of these people. And even if it's showing, like, how one family made it through this and what happened or something, it would be interesting to see, I think. Right. How people prepare for the one night a year. Right. And the people who aren't, like, super rich, like we see in the first one. Right. And people who don't have a vendetta. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I think I'm on board. So this should be interesting to see how this goes. And uh, maybe we can get some more information. Steve's always searching around the Internet. So if anybody else can find more information, let us know. Fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you guys think about this in general, because this is a whole different thing. So Yes, it is. Will it compete future. with? No, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> Will it compete with Channel Zero? Oh yes, because we got sci-fi. a whole new one coming out. Yes, soon, we do. Which is so <laughs> creepy. It's awesome. But we'll get to that obviously when we're talking about the next installment of Channel Zero. But today we are talking episode eleven. I'm going to screw this up. The ratting. <laughs> yes, like the ratting. Sound right. Quinn <laughs> and Julia undertake a difficult journey, to say the least. Elliot faces mounting catastrophes in Fillory. Margo attempts to fix the bad deal she made. Penny finds a new ally. All right. Whoever is writing this, can you give us a little more? <laughs> Come on, guys. I swear you're just screwing with us. Yeah, for press releases, they just <laughs> bare bones. I think they're like, you know what? There's a lot of people that don't want to be spoiled. So here we go. Right. All right. So seriously, crazy stuff everywhere. So, take us to the first group that we'll talk about. Well, let's first talk about the library in the Netherlands. <laughs> I love that this place is so big and so much going on, but nobody interacts. It's so weird. Yes. <laughs> we have, like, the head librarian who seems, like, so afraid of people. Like, she talks to Penny, but not really. She just right. seems like, I don't know what that, that would be called, just... And not antisocial. She's just like, huh, okay, yeah, bye. You know, she, <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? I mean, Penny's kind of hitting on her, but not really. He's doing it oh, to find well, out her name. Right, so he can find her book, thinking that it will give him the information he needs to get into the poison room. And, of course, she just shuts him down so hard. Yeah, I'm like, all right, it. It was just weird because she's, again, kind of that nervous little laughter. She's like, ah, yeah, no, okay, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not my type. And he, this whole time he has a new supervisor. And I'm saying supervisor in quotes because we really don't know if she is supposed to belong there because the more we find out about this girl who seems like she's, what, like 15, 16? Right. We find out that she's there because it's like a safe house for her. Yes, so, apparently her father is a mob boss magician. <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> you know, they had those, right? <laughs> apparently there's everything. We just don't know yet. I mean, look at the bank, right? Right. Why not? And look at the senator gains, so. Yep. All sorts of stuff Who we knew? don't know. <laughs> so it's like, okay, is she really 
a supervisor or is it just like they're messing with Penny? Like, oh, you're going to have to answer this 15-year-old. I really think it's because she's been there that long that she's probably moved up to the moved up to the ranks of supervisor and Penny is really the the new kid in the on the block so yeah he probably would report to her yeah you're probably right but apparently she's got some tricks up her sleeve too because Penny and Katie were having um adult time which was strange the way it was happening because at one point they show Katie laying on the couch in the physical kid's house and next thing you know, there's like sex happening. I'm like, wait a minute. Are they just having sex in the living room of the physical kid's house? <laughs> Not that I put it past them. I mean, they were in the school library, but right. I was like, wow, what's going on? And then it turns out, okay, no, it's like inception sex. <laughs> well, Psychic sex. Yeah. Well, the little supervisor girl ended up in one of these connections. Thankfully, they weren't having sex at that time. <laughs> Although she was talking about it. She's like, I thought right. you guys would be Like she sex. was there watching the whole thing. So. And it's like, oh my God, you're a little perp. But does that mean she's a traveler too? I'm not so sure that she's a traveler as much as she was able to get into Penny's head. I think that's her, uh, probably her speciality is being able to get into the minds of others. And that's why her father had to get her out of there okay. because probably his other, uh, shall we say, uh, competitors found the, out that she has that ability. And wanted to use it for their own game. Right. Gotcha. Well, long story short, the girl ends up helping by giving Penny the, the name of the librarian. And they find yes. out her book has been moved to the poison room. What's going on? This is crazy. Why is all this information in the poison room? I mean, I know they say there's certain things that can... Destroy worlds. <laughs> Does that mean, like, she can destroy worlds? What is she really, then? Exactly. That's what... And her name is Zelda. Come on. <laughs> As in the legend of? I mean, who knows? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, they had some really kind of fun back and forth, but... I'm really wondering where they're going with it. Yeah, there is some, some, uh, if it wasn't for the knowledge to kill Renard, this branch of the storyline would, uh, it's starting to lose its, uh, attraction, shall we say? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Except where the one, uh, moment where Penny's back in the library studying and <laughs> we have Apparently, Zelda has given him a book on um, ass magic. <laughs> yes. What the heck? Okay. She's like, well, I mean, it it might work. It could help you. Otherwise, at least you'd have a strong pelvic floor. What? <laughs> so basically, he's like kegling is what I'm getting from this. Right. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And I, I just... I don't know where they're going with that. I thought it was a way to give him back his hands, like the man's right. hands. And uh, <laughs> this is just getting weirder. So I don't know. I don't know where they're going with the magic thing. Right. So for now, I will pretend like I don't know what ass magic is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just kind of move on to the next group of people, shall we? All right. Let's move into Fillory. Woo. Things are going Almost right. They're headed to the wedding, but 
Kind of, sort of, not really. Because Elliot ends up having some time with his husband-to-be to be able to talk, and Elliot is so high-strung at this point. His future beau is trying to calm him down. He's like, listen, we can't do anything yet, but we can discuss it. And as <laughs> things kind of start getting to a NC-17 rating... Yeah. <laughs> Nicely put. All of a sudden, Elliot's like, well, you don't have to wait. What's going on? And he lifts the little blindfold, and he's like, there's a rat in the clothes. <laughs> and it's like, what's going on? And then you hear screams, and there's apparently rats everywhere, because people are being turned into rats left and right. Yes. <laughs> and nobody knows what's going on. And I'm going to say it right now, nothing was explained. No. So no one knows, even though they're blaming everybody and everything. We don't know why any anything's being turned into a rat, including, which I found really amusing, the sloth was turned into a rat. Right. What? Why? It's already the animal. Why are you turning it into a rat? <laughs> so basically, they're like, okay, well, we don't know which ones are the people rat and which one are the actual rats. So round right. them all up and we'll just hold on to them. And it's like, apparently, there's a lot of rats in the castle. And you would think at least the people rats would... or. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> like, they would at least, like, come to, like, the people working there. Like, uh, yeah, it's me. Put me in this cage. You know, something. But it's still funny because the sloth got turned into the rat. So, I don't know. Maybe they, like, lose all kind of memory or something when they get in that uh, position. Yeah, I'm sure when you're turned into a rat, you act like a rat. <laughs> well, well, the sloth doesn't exactly act like a sloth all the time when she's whispering no. about how we should, like, <laughs> decapitate people <laughs> just saying a little more than the sloth i think would normally act or if that's how they really are boy my perception of sloths have changed completely maybe they're always plotting our deaths and we always thought it was the cats it's really the sloths that's why they're so right. slow they're really trying to take in the whole of the universe and see how they can plot this who knows so interestingly enough we have Elliot's sitting down with Margot and his advisors because, you know, he assumes Finn, which would, Finn would then be a pregnant rat, which would be really weird, is running around somewhere as a mouse. I mean, as a rat. Big difference, <laughs> mouse and rat, but. Yeah. So his one royal advisor decides to say that he's stealing from the treasury. He's like, wait, I didn't mean to say that. Why did I say that? He's like, oh, there's a very powerful truth spell in your wine. Oh, crap. Because <laughs> Margot's like, Okay, what do I do? Yeah. I'm going to keep drinking because that will shut my mouth. And the what did the other guy? Oh, he was running an escort service. Right. <laughs> and then Elliot's reaction, ew. But that's yeah. not too weird, but ew. Yeah. And then finally, <laughs> apparently Margot just could not help herself at this point. No, she could not she, keep her mouth shut. She should have just kept drinking. I don't know. Chugged that whole bottle. I don't. But <laughs> she's like, it's my fault. It's my fault because I made a deal, but I can fix it. But. She didn't say that the rats were her fault, but that's what Elliot's assuming. But he does say, or she does finally tell him, I made a deal with the fairies. But does she say that, because I'm blanking right now, that the fairies get his child? Yes. She did say it. Okay, I could not yes, remember she if she actually came out and said it, or if it was just because of everything that he assumed that it was her fault. So. Yep. Finn, the fairies, the deal, and the kidnapping. Okay. So, I, yeah, I just blanked on that for a minute. Mostly because I didn't want her to tell him because I'm like... Right, because <laughs> of what he would do. Yes, because, he, like I said, he's stressed. And 
Wow, weirdness happening is not helping. No. So he has Margot sent to the royal dungeon, but give her the best one there is and make sure she gets her coconut oil. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's like, so he's, he's still like her good friend and he still loves her, but I mean, he's got to show something that he, he is being very king-like. Right. Which is kind of funny because you think he'd be sending that other royal advisor who's stealing down to the, uh, the dungeons and not the nice ones. Right. But other stuff happened when Margo was down there. Because Elliot obviously is, is dealing with stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the guy who's in love with the sloth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, there's a lot of names and I can't keep, keep everything together unless I, right. I be up. First of all, Margo's like, hi. Yeah, I know you love your sloth and not just love your <laughs> sloth. You love your sloth. <laughs> and uh, he's like, here, there's a way. Because he was the same one who told them there was a way to fix the well, but that they wouldn't necessarily think to use it because it was the fairies. Well, he gives her a drink that can get her to the fairies. But what's going to happen? Is she going to even be able to deal with them? And how will she get back? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, there's so much stuff. And okay, because everything seems to be weird in Fillory and on these different realms. What's the timeline like? You know, like, does time run slower, run faster? Well, let's see. If we go back to our the previous episode when Margot was giving Quentin hell about his being emo, he said it had only been three days in at break bills, and Margot said it had been three months in Fillory. Right. But in the fairy realm, right. what's it going to be? Right, that could be a whole different... Because... Time Just dimension. throwing out some of the books that I've read that dealt with fairy. Yeah, totally different. Like, and it depends on the book that you're reading. One book, it's like it was several hours in fairy and it had only been like 15 minutes in real time. Right. And another one I read that it was just a few hours in fairy and it was three weeks in real time. So, right. What the heck? Because for all we know, it's much slower. So does that mean Finn being pregnant there too? It's going to take even longer. And that for all we know, she's been there in fairy time for like two years. We don't know right. this. So she may have right. had the baby and she's okay with everything. I mean, we don't know anything. And all I'm doing is throwing more questions out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm stressing myself out in advance. I don't know. This is why I probably should read the book. This is why there needs to be a hard and fast line when we're dealing with fairy. <laughs> So that way, no matter which book I'm reading, which show I'm watching, I know what's happening. <laughs> Can we make that a rule, please? Yes. <laughs> now. In The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, the fairies don't die. That's true. <laughs> they oh. live forever. <laughs> Jeez. See, so much craziness. Now, why don't you talk about Elliot? Because this kind of threw me. Right. All right. He gets our buddy Josh, saying that's really the only other person he can talk to. And he decides that he needs more help in the form of dukes because he finds out that there's really not a royal hierarchy in Fillory. So he decides that he needs to hold free elections. And as soon as he says that, he's back in break bills. Right. And I was like, what just happened? (laughs) Apparently, he broke the golden rule of Fillory as there is no free elections. Okay. There's you've got to have an anarchy or you're not the king. Ah. As soon as he said he wanted a 
a royal hierarchy that broke the rules and now he's no longer king. That just seems weird. It's like, why would you just boot him instead of being like, no, it has to be a monarchy? You know, like something tell him, not like he knows. Right, exactly. Not like anybody said, hey, listen. Um, Here's your user manual right? on the rule, do's and don'ts of uh, I don't remember, being the king of Fillory. I don't remember Quentin ever saying, oh, yeah, by the way, it can only be this. We can never have any extra blah, 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 blah. But then what does that mean for Margot and Quentin? Because they were exactly. still king and queen as well. So I don't know. Has he just lost his power of being high king? And then if that's the case, let me take it back to Fairy. What does that mean? For that baby and Finn. Exactly. Holy crap. I didn't even think about that until just now when it was coming out of my mouth. They are definitely throwing uh, Fillory into complete chaos here just a couple of episodes before the finale. Uh, I'm telling you, this writer's room is killing me. Yes. Because we, not only is Elliot back at Breakbills, Quentin doesn't have a way to get into Breakbills either. Now, well, he can get into brake bills. He can't get into Fillory. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have a way to get back to Fillory because when they go down to meet the uh, the ancient one, the ancient one. Who did that voice? Seriously, that was like <laughs> just something I couldn't get out of my head. Was that Helen or Helena Bottom Carter? Maybe. I don't know if anybody posted who it was because I'm like, who is that voice of the ancient <laughs> one that was driving me? completely insane right and i don't think it's listed i really don't but i'm looking anyway go ahead i'm sorry keep talking <laughs> of course that was like the vo did it not sound super familiar oh yes it it surely did ah somebody somebody tell me because it is not in here at all oh no <laughs> no it was making me crazy though because it's just it was one of those names or voices that just sounded so familiar and you know it's like i'm gonna know Three days from now, I'm going to hear this person, you know, in something else. And I'm like, ah, that's it. But if you know, let me know because I need to know. Fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. Sorry. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> we would like to know. Sorry. Go ahead. So on their way to uh, meet the Ancient One, they have to go into the sewers of New York City. And, of course, to get passage to and from the underworld, they must give the dragon the fillery button. I would surprise the dragon wanted that. Now, why do you suppose that's what she asked for? Well, I kind of have a feeling that basically Fillory is, shall we say, the heart of all magic. Okay. And because things have been going so crazy lately that most people outside of Fillory think that that's going to be the last safe place to be. And you think the dragon wanted in? I would almost bet on it. Hmm. Then staying in the sewers of New York City, I mean, come on. Well, yes, but it wasn't just a sewer. It was kind of... Her lair, yeah. yes. She had quite the uh, collection of um, trinkets there, that's for sure. Yeah, I can. you can say that. <laughs> and, of course, Quentin is just about as awkward as he has ever been and just about gets them fried which i thought it was kind of funny yes <laughs> and i know that sounds bad but he's oh great 
ancient one. You know, it's like, wow, you, you are really awkward. Yes. But I thought it was interesting, too, that they asked, well, can we use it? And she's like, no. But she does tell them the original way is still open. Right. There's still a door open. So does that, I, I don't know what that means, because they've been to <laughs> different places in times to get there. Right. Yes, they went back into the 40s to find out how, um, now I'm going blank on a name. <laughs> how, Jane? Yes, how Jane uh, was able to get there through the uh, telephone box that's bigger on the inside. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we've seen that before. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. So, of course, the dragon breathes on them, knocking them out, out after telling them that they have um, 24 hours to return. Otherwise, they're dragon snacks. Yeah, but what did she say? Well, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm just going to watch you. No, I'm going to eat you. Right. <laughs> I love it because then she's like, ugh, millennials. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, all right, really? Yeah. Really? That was that was horrible, but it was funny. Yes, it was. It was absolutely hilarious. Love that dragon. Right. But then they end up on an elevator. Of course. It's like, Welcome to the underworld. It's a giant motel. And it's like, hey, how are you? And you get this weird little like video saying, this is what's going to happen. It's like a little infomercial <laughs> of the afterlife. Yes. I was like, what is this? They should have made it super cheesy, like even more <laughs> so than it was. But it, it was pretty right. funny. Yes, it was. And the interesting thing is, of course, they don't get any information but we do run into some of Julia's old friends. Yes. And this is because Quentin and Julia have died, what, how many times now? 39. Thank you. And they're like, oh, yeah, the computers can't keep up with time loops. It'll be a little <laughs> bit. So, hey, why don't you go check out this place? We'll catch up with you as soon as we can. And, uh, holy cow, there is, you know... Not the free traders. Yeah. <laughs> Richard. Like, oh, wait a minute. This is creepy. Because he has played Reynard so creepy and so well. Right. And you, at first look, you go, oh my God, he's down there. No, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. And it's like one of those things you're like, oh, okay, wait. No, it's not him. But it's really hard to separate it, which is obviously a mark of a great actor. But still, it's like, oh. Right. Yeah, the the hug was creepy to say the least. Yeah, and how do you, is it because she doesn't have her shade right now that Julia was able to really deal with that? I believe so. Hmm. Because we find out what happens when you don't have your shade. You have a giant creepy hole in your midsection. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, she wasn't wearing a super skimpy shirt. Right. No midriff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I thought was strange too is the whole sort of closing because she mentions that it's closing up. Right. I have to find my shade. So Richard decides to help because he's hanging out there because he wants to see his son, but he can't because they say right. he's to blame for his well, death. Yes. Yeah, because that isn't you know hard enough. Oh my goodness. So they end up getting kind of a map, and there's which is funny. The Elysium Fields, which is, this whole thing is like based on the Greek myth, right? Is it Greek or Roman? Right. With Persephone. Greek is Greek. Mm -hmm. Which we find out Persephone is the lady 
oh crap, was it the lady? Our Lady Underground. Our Lady Underground. Thank you. I was like, the, Our Lady Below. And Hades is who actually created the, the afterlife in the underworld. Yeah. It's so weird. But they're nowhere to be seen. Right. They're missing. But why would they be missing? That's another darn good question. Quit giving us more questions. Yeah, really. Uh, they give us so many questions, and it's not answering anything. But long story short, too late. They managed to get over to Elysium, and, or the Elysian Fields, however you put it, and uh, find this is where the lost shades are. Right. But I don't understand, because there was a guy who was like, wait, I lost my shade. Where are you taking me? Why wouldn't they just reunite him with the shade? That's another really good question that I'm not sure I have a really good answer for yet. But I have a feeling it is probably very similar to Richard not being able to see his son. Oh. Hmm. I wonder if it's case by case. I would bet that was it, because when they were talking to Julia, they did know that, yes, she lost her shade having the... uh, demigod exorcism hmm. and seemed to be more sympathetic towards her plight, but not giving her any information. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, this is crazy. But they end up finding the shades are all children, which we've discussed previously. Right. And they seem to be doing what, like minor miracles. Yes. So it's like, do you want to take them away at the same time? You know? What would happen to those minor miracles? Exactly. This makes me but sad. It's, yeah, you got to, all right, you leave your shade there to do minor miracles. Mm-hmm. You go back to Earth and become the Beast Junior. Mm, true. Uh, how many kid, How many miracles are they going to be able to do to make up for the people you're going to take out just not caring anymore? Mm, see, I didn't think about that. Right. But they find, Mar- um, oh my God. Alice's. Alice's, yeah. I was like, how did I forget? And Julia's. But yes. they can only take one. But I don't understand why Julia didn't just, I don't know, absorb her? I don't know how that would work. Like, <laughs> just shove her in that hole? What? Yeah. You got me how they're going to put a sh- put a shade back into a person. But I have a feeling we're going to find out this week. Yeah. But, yeah, instead of grabbing her own shade, which that's why I'm like, how does she merge the shades? Maybe she merged them and we don't know because we see her grab Alice's shade and Q's like, what are you doing? She's like, it's my decision. Yeah. Well, do you think that somehow she maybe joined with her shade and still grabbed Alice's shade? It would not surprise me if she found a way to be able to take both back, but she still seemed to be fairly cold in her responses to Quentin when he questioned her about why she decided to take Alice instead of her shade. Well, I mean, really, it was just, it's my decision. You know, like, don't talk me out of this because it's too late. Right. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. Uh, it's crazy. We, again, we don't know what's happening, but we know the dragon won't have eaten them. That's about all we're going to know. Right. Yes. Yeah. We're going to know because the dragon is not going to eat them because they did get out within their 24 hours, hopefully. At least we assume they did. Right. But if she didn't join her shade with her shade, I feel like somehow she's going to piss off the dragon by trying to get the button back. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Sue. 
We'll go past them because, again, everything is left on a question for the next episode. Right. So, finally, we have an interesting pair that I was not expecting to see at all. Right. Which is Gaines and Reynard. Right. And just seemed kind of weird. Like, okay, Reynard is there and he, he's an advisor all of a sudden to his son. And he's like, all right, yeah, we can totally make this happen. Don't worry. And he's like, I'm not trying to brainwash people. I'm not trying to use power. I just need to know that I'm doing what I need to do, doing correct stuff, doing what's right. And he kind of lets it slip. All right, listen, you know, you've been using this power all along. You just didn't know. And he's like, no, no, no. Right. I never wanted to use this power. But Reynard is like, you know, whatever. Just look him in the eye and tell him what you want. And they're going to come around because, you know, you're a good guy. Well, that's not exactly what happened. No. <laughs> he sits down the one senator that he's like, I really need your vote. This is great. And he has a heart attack. Right. Or a stroke or whatever. But he was grabbing his chest and freaking out. And then he talk, tries to talk to his wife. And the same thing happens. You know, he's like, no, I need you to listen to me. And he was so desperate. And she's like, okay, honey, it's fine. We'll figure this out. And I'm like, oh, crap. And then, uh, you know, even though he banned Reynard, Reynard's like, you're let me in. <laughs> this is not the droid you're looking for. I don't know. But, right. <laughs> he, you know, we have Gaines who had looked up the trickster and found out everything basically about him. And he's like, yeah, I just put it out there. I am what I am. But he was really super pissed about the Our Lady Underground. Right. When he, she was just mentioned. So uh, obviously, I think, you know, there's a big connection there. Absolutely. But. Gaines is just like, you lied to me. And he's like, yeah, and? Yeah. Like, this is no big deal for him, which it obviously no. is not. Right. It's a big deal for us. Yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. It was so crazy. And then ultimately, he ends up at break bills, which I don't know how the hell he got back in. He's a demigod. I guess. So Gaines ends up back <laughs> at break bills and tells Katie, I want in. You want to bring him down? I right. want to bring him down. Which I... I said last episode, I hope what he ends up doing is for good and obviously not for evil. But I'm thinking if he really wants to bring him down and he realizes because Reynard tells him, yeah, you've been manipulating your wife since the day you met her. Right. And I think that was the last straw, really. You know, thinking that he was in this great marriage and he was happy this whole time. And he doesn't know if his wife really is or was. So I think that was the very last straw for Gaines. And Gaines is like, uh, you're going down. I don't right. care what it takes. So I don't know if what they're going to do. Like I said, this has been nuts. So much going on. And like you said, there's only two episodes left. It's like, how are you going to finish this in 120 minutes? Exactly. And not even because it's like, what, 44 minute hours, basically how it is with commercials. So we got 88 minutes right. of show. How are you <laughs> wrapping up these storylines? Any of them. And you're not giving us anything about a, 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 a season three yet. See, I'm getting flustered. I know you guys can yeah. hear that in my voice. <laughs> so like, oh, God, what? There's so much. I mean, honestly, right now, like you said, Penny and Katie, it's like the only thing we have going on that we want right now with them is the poison room. Right. So uh, just somebody tell me what the hell is happening. I don't know. I don't know, Steve. I may need a Xanax for the next two episodes. <laughs> some wine something i'm gonna end up acting right. like the physical kids and drinking through the entire show yep. should be fun for tweeting too we'll find out <laughs> so of course we want to know how you guys feel 
How do you think you're going to deal with the last couple episodes? Are you going to be drinking? <laughs> we'll drink along like every time something really weird happens. Uh, but please rate and review us on iTunes before you start drinking. Yeah, just putting that out there. Because good ratings help other people find this show. Uh, we hope you're enjoying it. Of course, tell your friends. And don't forget to send us messages if you like it on fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. You can always find all of our contact information over at fangirlzone, www.fangirlzone.com. We have a contact page. It has mine and Steve's Twitter. It has the Twitter for the podcast and all the other ways you can find us. So for episode 69 of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. Call it what it is, sphincter magic. If it gets me there, no shame. Until next time.